Welcome to Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks, your secret weapon to protect your assets and never have to start over financially again. Vance and Seth help high net worth individuals, families, business owners, and investors structure an asset-protected, tax-free fortress for their families. Learn how to keep what you earn and use the velocity of money to create your own private banking system. Join us on this journey as we explore the secret strategies of the rich and political elite and help you take total control of your financial security. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Private Banking Strategies with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. Vance and Seth, what's going on? Hey, it's great to be alive today, even in a world of <laughs> disorganization, but it's yeah, fun you. to be here. Yeah, glad to be here, Darren. We're excited about this podcast with you and looking forward to jumping into content. That's excellent. Fantastic. Now, I have to say, guys, I am very excited to be here with you. Uh, I am the new guy on the block, but I'm eager to learn from both of you gentlemen. So, Vance, I understand that you introduced the show topic with the audience. So what do you have on the agenda today? Well, today and we base the topics on some of the experiences we have kind of on a regular basis. And some of the topics are a little bit seasonal. So there's sometimes of the seasons that we tend to spend more money than other times. Could be, you know, getting into education you know, in the early fall, it could be vacation, so to speak, uh, you know, in the springtime, wanting to get out. And then in the winter, you know, it could be spending money on Christmas or whatever else. And so we're kind of in the middle of one of those seasons right now. And I think it's general that we talk about it, but we end up spending the money. You know, we decide we're going to spend some money and Sometimes we try to do budgets and we do a lot of saving. We do all kinds of things to uh, meet our expectations that we want, but we're always under some sort of uh, guideline. We only have a limited amount of income. We only have so much. And if we're prudent and live within our means, that's even harder. So if we're going to spend the money anyway, and then this might be the topic of today, why not make arrangements to get the money back? If we can get the money back, then we can make the interest or the profits that the people who end up with the money are going to get. So let's explore that a little bit. Seth, what can you add to that, you know, in this season? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, you know, when people first hear that, Darren, they think, uh, how do I get my money back? I have to spend you know, uh, 200 bucks on my utility internet connection and phone service. I've got to pay for my electricity, my gas bill, my water bill, uh, my trash and sewage. I've got to pay for just general expenses on a monthly basis that just flow right out. I've got to pay generally a car payment, may have to pay a house payment. And so those are typical expenses that most Americans have. And we like to use an automobile example to prove that people can get the money back a lot of times. And we've got uh, an example from one of the mentors and, and original OGs, we call him Nelson Nash in the infinite banking concept world, who actually utilized this with his own family members. And he had two twin sisters that were nieces of his. And they, one strategy, one employed another. And we're going to take a quick look at that, not do a super deep dive, 
and Vance is going to walk us through that illustration. And we're going to prove to you how you can get the money back and how not only you can get the money back that you're spending on an automobile expense in this particular case, but that at the end of the road, you will have uh, significantly and parabolically increased your wealth over the alternative methods of financing, even paying cash, just piling up cash and then buying a, an automobile by cash versus using our methodology in the private banking strategies world and show you exactly what your wealth curve will be at the end of that road. So Vance, I'll, I'll hand you back the mic and we'll dig a little deeper into Twin Sisters. <laughs> okay. All of this stems on a couple of, of strategies that we live by and don't even know. And it's called a get back to zero strategy. We've been taught by our mentors, our parents, you know, and the people that we trust that the best way to get through life is to pay cash for everything. Well, I'm here to tell you that's just a 100% fallacy because we still end up financing everything 100%. Everything we purchase throughout life, we finance. And that's one of two ways. Either we pull money out of production and buy the item, and once we buy the item, where does that leave us? It leaves us back to zero. We've saved it up, and we can't put it to work. Okay, so normally if we have excess money, we've got it working for us. A lot of people think they have their money working for them when they don't. A lot of people will show me when I ask the question, well, show me your assets that you have working, producing income for you or money for you. They'll show stock accounts, mutual funds, they'll show portfolios, they'll show 401ks, IRAs, or anything else. And they're absolutely shocked when I tell them and prove to them that you've put all that money to sleep. Because you have to leave that money in those accounts only to collect interest. You can't use it, you can't pull it out. And the problem is, are the people who are using the money. We believe that they'll double your money on the average almost every two and a half years. Two and a half to five years, they're going to double your money. How many of your counts have doubled, you know, at all? <laughs> so it's called a get back to zero strategy. Everything, you know, in life, when we think we're doing the right thing, it's still, we end up losing the money. We spend it, it doesn't come back. Another catchphrase what we use is, what arrangements have you made this month to get last month's expenses back? So if I were to ask you that, what would you say? I would say I haven't made any. <laughs> it's, it's, mm. you, you'd say it's impossible. Well, it goes along. Everyone's heard. And sometimes people say, well, I don't think I've ever heard that. I kind of don't believe it. <laughs> I've been around the block for a while. You can never, ever spend principal. Everybody thinks that. The Warren Buffetts, Donald Trumps, all the successful families out there never spend principal. So what do you do with it? Also, and here's the secret, guys. Do the banks always get the money back? What's the answer to that? I would say banks always get their money back. They always. Some people I've heard now, you know, nine out of 10 say, yeah, they always get it back. And then that one will say, well, 
there's loans that default. No, 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 no. <laughs> Banks don't, they don't risk their money. And it's called collateralization. If banks lend out $100,000, they'll want a million dollars worth of collateralization. And they'll keep going if they can get more than that. They want control of everything. So this getting back to zero when it comes to cars, cars are a great thing because cars are a one of the largest purchases that we make. And people decide, hey, I'm going to buy a new car. But to get the value, I'm going to drive it till it, you know, falls apart. Other people say, hey, I'm making a good income, so I'm going to upgrade my car every two or three years. Even today, in today's economy, the American automobiles industry and the American cars that we have here can be of great value if you know how to use them. And they are a tool. I really enjoy playing with people when I ask them if they have a car payment. A lot of people say, no, you know, I've paid off my car. And I go, that's really, really interesting. So the only way you convince me you don't have a car payment is if you've torn up your driver's license and you're never driving again. Because what's happening to the vehicle? Oh, well, it's wearing out and eventually you'll need another one. So my guru, who really helped me along the path here on vehicles, put in a uh, seminar book, an illustration on how to finance vehicles. And he had, at the time, most all these experiences in his book were on his family. Now, he was older. He had some uh, twin nieces. They were identical twins. And the story he goes on to tell how identical they were is really something, I guess. I've, I've, I never saw them. But uh, he uh, set up a financing situation for the both of them to be able to finance vehicles. A lot of people will put money in a CD because CD is really a fast start. If you want something very, very short term, then, not now anymore, this was, this was back when they were paying six, seven, eight, nine percent interest on CDs. And uh, you'd put money in there over time. I did that personally. I would save up my money in a CD and then I would pull it out and uh, go purchase my car. So they did that. Uh, he, and he did two illustrations. He says, okay, you guys want to use the CD, but I've got another plan for you. If you'll put the amount of savings, which is $5,000 a year, into a contract that I want to show you, it's an old style banking contract, let's just compare over a lifetime what the two differences are. And so he went seven years of them accumulating $5,000 a year. I don't know. Um, I think, Seth, what we'll do is we'll provide this paperwork for them, you know, these illustrations, should they, they ask for it, because this is all, you know, spelled out. So he did that. He also showed if they did it in a CD. Okay, and at the end of seven years, there was, um, and I'm going to look off to the side here, so I've got the exact numbers that are in the book. The CD person had 
$41,000 plus some change, and the person in the policy had $35,000. So there was quite a big difference. He goes in and tells a story about the, uh, the twin sisters communicating with each other, and we would do that on a separate basis. I'm just trying to touch the highlights here. But there was enough in both of these accounts for these two uh, girls to start financing. And what they did is they took out $10,500 to uh, finance part of their first car. They may have had a trade-in or something else, but that's the amount they financed. And they pay, uh, set up a repayment schedule. This is where people go wrong. This is, they don't pay themselves back. They take the cash, buy the item, but now you have to realize you have to pay yourself back. So you've got the money back again to do it over again. And, and therefore you break out of the get back to zero strategy. So they paid themselves back annually. Now this is, uh, is like $166 and, and some change per month, $3,030 per month. Both of them did. Okay. In the CD, I think uh, per year. it's per year. Yeah, per year. Excuse me. Let me just interject one moment. So we've got two different sisters. One's going to use the a private banking strategy, the contract that Vance is describing. One is going to use savings through a CD methodology. At the end of seven years, the CD sister has 41000 The person who used the private banking strategy, the other niece, the sister, she had just under thirty-six. So CD sister saying, see, I'm right. I make more out of a CD. Yeah, she was just hammering the other one. Yeah, hammering the other, <laughs> hammering the other sister. You know, yeah, you made a mistake. Nelson doesn't know what he's talking about. Our uncle's crazy. So they finance their first car. Apparently, they buy the exact same cars, and they yeah. and they utilize the, you know, ten thousand five hundred fifty dollars of the CD for the one sister, and they use ten thousand five hundred fifty dollars from the private banking contract that we're describing the other sister. So that's just to summarize and, and recap the the foundation that we're laying and they're they're paying back themselves both of them three thousand thirty dollars a year so that's just under three hundred dollars a month that they're making car payments cd sisters paying it back into her bank cd and the other sisters paying it back into her own private banking strategy okay. so this goes on you know until retirement and they're paid back every every four years. So every four years, they upgrade their car. They trade it in, and they keep financing a new ten thousand five hundred. So at age sixty five, they now compare, and the CD sister has two hundred and fifty eight thousand dollars in her CD account, and the private banking strategy has just under $1 million in her policy. If they did everything exactly the same, why did the banking sister, the private banking sister, have over $700,000 more than that one in the CD? Have any guesses? I'm really interested in your comments here as you hear about this. Why would there be such a big spread? Well, I'm excited to hear what you guys are going to say about this <laughs> because the anticipation is building up over $700,000 <laughs> in difference. That's pre that is pretty impressive. Difference. What do you have to say on that? 
let me explain that. Who owns the CD bank? Other people, That's right? Correct. And they make all the profits. Well, these special contracts make you an owner of the life insurance company. And they pay profits in addition to the guaranteed account every single year. And those profits were added back in. In addition to that, she got a ton of life insurance, over $800,000 of death benefit paid for during that time as well. But the beauty part, Seth, starts right uh, now. Seth, to kind of walk them through, they're going to start taking cash out. They're now retired and they want to take income out just for this one illustration. Sure. So at retirement age, Darian, they've got very disparate amounts to draw from. The CD sister has 200, let's call it $260,000. And the private banking strategy sister has just under a million. So they both start to draw down for retirement needs. And this illustration is a few decades old because these sisters, you know, were younger when Nelson implemented this. So these numbers change with current day values, but this, the illustration still remains. So the CD sister pulls out $50,000 a year and the private banking strategy sister pulls out $50,000 a year. Well, at the end of, as you can tell, five and a half years, a little more than five and a half years, 50,000, 50,000, 50,000, 50,000, 50,000, then 34,000, the CD sister's out of money. Her retirement fund is totally depleted. Whereas the private banking strategies sister, she draws $50,000 down into death. And then she, she doesn't even use it all by the time she passes on. And the death benefit, you made one error, Vance, in, the, in discussing the death benefit. She didn't have $800,000 in death benefit. She had over a million dollars in death benefit. But she by had- the time she dies through life right. expectancy. Right. Because you see the life insurance in these contracts grow every year the death benefit amount it increases every single year so she could take fifty thousand dollars out for the rest of her life however long that was and still pass 1.3 million dollars to heirs everybody buys cars right why not do it a smart way you don't have to pay a dime more that's what we're trying to get at there's a better way for you to finance and buy things Okay, but you've got to set it up in advance. You've got to know how money works. So we've got to stop treating money like it's worthless. If I were a Martian, for instance, and I studied a couple and watched what they would do, they would go to work every single day, fight through traffic, maybe have problems at work because the bosses irate one day and you know they cut budgets on the next day have to deal with all that then turn around and pay uncle sam and everybody else before they get to bring home their paycheck okay and then i watch them spend that as fast as they can so that they don't have anything left over (laughs) at the end of the month did that story feel like it was about you do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? 
please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. I would come back to my Martian superiors and say, hey, these guys hate money. They burn it as fast as they possibly can. People don't realize that if I spend a dollar, all I have to do is go back to work and earn another dollar. You know, total fallacy. We're taught that, but it's wrong. You have to make money for your employer. And that's at least three to one, but probably more between five and 10 to one, your efforts. And it could be a lot more. We think it's more like 25 to one. You've got to make and produce $25 under your efforts and have it go through the system for you to get into your paycheck a dollar, 25 to one. How fair is that? Because you got to pay everybody else. You got to make money for everybody else because you spend a dollar for you to just replace that dollar. Folks, how insane is that? Doing that every single month, every day, going, going back to work. Why not set up a strategy like the banks and get the money back and then when you go to work and you bring home a new paycheck it adds to the total so we're ever increasing on a monthly basis rather than the average American either staying even or going further into debt Seth what is it about uh, where are we on the uh, deficit these days I think it's 33 trillion over 33 trillion in uh, debt that the from the printing of money effectively uh, effectively yes so one of the educations that we were denied was how to be independent um, schools used to teach people how to survive how to be able to go out on their own and survive and they taught how money worked and that education was taken away when I like to say when our country was conquered back in 1900, <laughs> you know, uh, it's the Federal Reserve was born during that time. And the Federal Reserve, I believe, has taken over pretty much everything, our government, everything else, and all the mandates that came down and the social programming started at that time. And I think after World War II, they announced a uh, communist agenda of 46 or 48 things that had to occur in America. And that was completed uh, at least 15 years ago. <laughs> they were had completed everything on the list. So where are we going, folks? We think, Seth and I th feel that uh, this is our salvation. If we understand how we can be totally independent, living literally off grid, we teach people how to set up their own economies. We used to give a little example uh, of a gold coin. I've changed that to make it more realistic today. Literally, we had enough skills when we graduated high school to go out and start our own town had we you know, retained that type of teaching. And in your own little town, of course, you're going to have a, some sort of a bank there. But let me give you a great example of the flow of money that's not happening in your lives. I'm on a trip. 
and I'm almost out of gas, and there's a little town coming up, and I'm doing a calculation right now. Can I make it to the town after this one, or should I stop here to fill up with gas? Well, I decide to stop here, fill up with gas, pay 50 bucks to the gas station, and now I'm gone. But town has a new 50 bucks, right? And a town exists to attract new money, whether it's from commerce, uh, tourism, employment, whatever that town does, it's attracting new money coming in. It has to. And a successful town will attract more money coming in than they'll be losing, you know, out the back door, so to speak. It's called Parkinson's Law. You can read about that uh, in other books. But, okay, so town now has a new 50 bucks. That gas station owner says, hey, I just got 50 bucks. I'm going to take it across the street to the grocery store. I'm going to buy $50 worth of groceries. So he brings back $50 worth of groceries, but now the grocery store has my 50 bucks. The grocery store owner says, hey, I sold inventory. So I'm going to go restock my shelves. So he goes across town to the warehouse, buys $50 worth of inventory, brings back $50 worth of product, and now the warehouse has my 50 bucks. Warehouse owner says, I'm going to go get my teeth fixed. So he goes to the dentist, you know, gets $50 worth of dentist work done. Dentist turns around and says, I got to have a, my car fixed. He goes to the mechanic. Now the mechanic's got my 50 bucks. The mechanic turns around and gives it, uh, takes it to the restaurant to treat his uh, little daughter and his whole family to a birthday dinner. All in one day. So how much money did it take to accomplish that? It only took $50. But this happens in an economy, and it's called velocity. How many times can you get a dollar to stop to produce a dollar's worth of product or services? And it's the same dollars going over and over and over and over again. It's absolutely critical that we have that occur in our lives, and we can do that. But right now, it's escaping us. Once we spend the money, it's gone forever. Now, what would have happened, Seth, in town had I said, oh, I can make it to the next town, and I just blow by? Well, that town doesn't have the, the capitalization in their economy to move from one service to the next and one good to the next. Okay. We teach families how to get back 100% of their monthly expenses. We have never had a disagreement or somebody who hasn't agreed with that 100%. And this, again, during these times when we feel like we want to spend money, we want to go places, I've always believed, I'm not a budget person at all, but I've always believed when somebody tells me, hey, we want to take a $10,000 vacation, you know, maybe every three or four years. I say, go for it. The only thing I require is that you have the money in advance. <laughs> you know, because I, as a financial consultant or whatever else, I want you to have the money and I want you to get the money back. This way before I even knew about this strategy, we would talk about, you know, sound money principles of having the money back in their accounts. Well, if we set up as a bank, 
the banks always get the money back. So now I'm going to ask you another question. How do the banks always, why, how and why do you think the banks always get the money back? This is a lot to unpack, I have to say, from a, <laughs> a customer standpoint, right? And for everyone listening today, you guys have done an excellent job breaking this down. Seth, before I answer that, I have uh, two things that I want to ask you in advance. I want to ask you a question as well. I want to start with you, Vance. You just said, and I don't mean to go completely off topic, but you did just say that you're not a budget guy. Can you explain what that means for you and the benefits of not being a budget guy? I don't live by a budget. I don't set a budget out every month and then try to live by it. I'm not that particular. Most people are. Whatever works for somebody works. It's just me personally. I put everything on a credit card. Now I have to justify mm. what I spend you know, to the credit card because I'm paying the credit card out every month. That's all I meant by Beautiful. budget. Okay. All right. Uh, and then to answer your question, based on the logic that was presented today, I would say that the banks always get their money back by the flow of cash from other places, right? Just like you mentioned, $50 coming into a town, the bank's eventually going to get it back by passing hands down. Am I correct? That is a really good observation, but incorrect. Today. <laughs> Can you please tell us? Banks get the money back by obligation. Obligation. Okay. Now, what days of the week does a bank give away free money? Oh, I'm going to be 0 for 2 today. What day does the bank? <laughs> Look they at don't. That. <laughs> so if they don't give away free money they, and they get all the money back, they have That's to correct. lend it, don't they? Under contract. So all money, all resources with the bank, the bank presidents, everyone else at the bank, they can't just go take money out of the bank they'll go to jail. Okay. So they have to borrow it just like everybody else. And that's what we're talking about. If we set up our own system, our own bank, we put all our money in our own bank. Okay. And now we have to move money from our bank account to our personal account. That's the secret. We're not going to go into to great any more detail because, you know, we spent uh, kind of enough time talking about ways to get the money back and ways to use money much more smarter ways to use money more than once inside the town the reason the town gets so wealthy or prosper so much is called velocity how fast can we move the money because every time it stops it creates another dollar's worth so seth expound on that a little more if you want Sure, sure. Yeah, well, the banks, they get the money back because they make uh, loans and they generally collateralize their loans. I mean, they secure their loans. They take a mortgage, a lien instrument against your car until it's paid off. They take a, uh, they take a lien against your house till it's paid off. They take a lien against your business till it's paid off. And all of the people that you know are in that town example, let's say they all bank at the corner bank on First and Main, and it's Wells Fargo or Bank of America. So Bank of America has got multiple loans, one to the dentist, one to the mechanic for their businesses, one to the grocer for uh, an equity line so he can make sure he's always got something on his shelves. And all that money comes, flows right back into those banking entities. We're saying that there's a different way. And you can actually set up your own banking system where the money comes back to you. And you set up agreements between your banking entity and however you borrow the money. Let's say you have a business 
and you borrow that money out of your banking entity and you lien the business for the loan that's made to your business, or you may loan money to a third party and you collateralize that loan as well. And so all the money that's coming into your control, you set up and put it to work in other lending transactions so that that money is flowing back to your bank. And that bank happens to be a whole life insurance contract that's carefully structured in the appropriate way, which you own a part of as the an owner of the insurance company, you're getting paid dividends. And one of the things that we haven't said, the reason that this twin sister had so much more money at the end of retirement is because of the phenomenon of compounding interest. So the amounts in her bank compound and grow annually without any tax consequence at all. And so when you look at these summaries that we'll provide in the show notes or as a PDF to folks who want to look into the illustration, take a look at every 10th year and you'll see this money parabolically increasing for the sister who's using private banking strategy. And that's how she comes to a million dollars in cash value at retirement age. Yeah. So people always want to know, you know, how do, how do banks make money? Well, they do it this way and they also cheat <laughs> we can get into that later but if you look this seven hundred thousand dollar difference is what other people made on people buying cars you know and, and using that money that that's that's the money we lose if we don't take control and and be the bank now that if this will create from what was it 25 years old till 65 a million dollars $10,500 of financing. What would that total be if we financed 21000 during that time? Would it be twice as much? Yes. And if mom financed a $21,000 car and dad financed a $21,000 car under their own system, they'd have $4 million in the retirement account. What did they have to do? Where did they, you know, did they have to tie it up somewhere? Did they have to go here? Did they have to? No. And that's an important part of this is that they got to buy a car anyway. So yeah. You, you've got to earmark funds to purchase the car. And so whether you use the auto dealership to finance the car and they extend you credit, whether you use a CD, whether you use cash savings, you're going to have to have a car in our example. I mean, you know, unless you live in Manhattan and you take the subway everywhere, you know, that doesn't apply to most of the Americans in our culture. You have to have a car. You have to buy certain things. And those that money that you're already earning that you have to pay for your car, you can do it in a different way. And instead of having, you know, nothing at the end of that, you can have a whole lot. One thing I want to add to this, the CD, when you look at the automobiles, okay, and let's just say that you hold it for seven years and each of these sisters, or let's just say you and I, we both hold an automobile for seven years and you finance that automobile through the car dealership. And at the end of your uh, financing arrangement with the auto dealership, you don't owe them any more money. You own the car free and clear. Let's say it was $50,000 to start. And then after seven years, it's worth 25. Let's say it's half that. You have a $25,000 asset and a $25,000 car. Me, I use the private banking strategy contract. I pay my own banking entity back. So the $50,000 that the car cost, it comes right back into my bank. At the end of that seven-year period, I have a car that's worth 25000 just like you do, 
There you okay? go. And I've got the $50,000 back, but not just the $50,000. I've got the interest and I've got the annual compounding return year after year. So I've got 65,000 plus 25, let's call it 80, 85, 90, you know, and let's, we'll use approximations. I've got a heck of a lot more than you do. You've got a depreciated asset worth $25,000 and I've got, I'm flush with cash, not just the 50,000, but the interest and compounding growing return. And I've got the asset of $25,000 car. So there's a massive difference that does that make oh sense? Oh my gosh, hundred percent. It makes sense to me. That's, that's something that everyone here <laughs> listening today should definitely take into one appreciation for what these guys are offering and then two reflect on what you guys are doing in your day-to-day -day life and see how you can switch to the private banking strategy because it could be the difference just like our gentlemen here have said in this example difference between hundreds of thousands of dollars when it's all said and done and that's why we use something that's simple like a car example an auto purchase an auto financing arrangement because everybody generally has that type of arrangement but you can also do the same thing with your homes with your businesses and another show we'll get into how you can use this in a business and there was a gentleman that nelson nash uh, had in his family who had a foresting business and he used a lot of heavy machinery like expensive heavy machinery on a, a routine basis to clear forest to process lumber and he began to use this his own private banking entity and contracts to finance his equipment purchases rather than using a third-party bank. And so you talk about an automobile scenario on steroids, that's what the equipment financing is. So you take it from just purchasing automobiles to utilizing it in your business. And instead of having a million, you've got multiple millions, maybe even tens of millions in that cash value. But we'll segue into another episode with that example. Yeah. I think it's a good place to kind of yeah, period. Seth, let's tell people how, you know, they can they can kind of find out more. I always tell people, we want to get you ready to take this for a test drive at no obligation. Kind of tell them how we do that. Sure. Well, the first place that you, you learn about private banking strategies is on our website. It's privatebankingstrategies.com. That's privatebankingstrategies, all one word, dot com. And there you'll have a, an offer that we give for a book that we like to call a red pill book that dives into some of these concepts. And we've made it available to folks in a PDF or in an audio version so that you can listen to it on the go or you can read it if you're a reader. And that's our real entry point to understanding some of these concepts that we're talking about, like compounding interest and how uh, the banking system that most people use is really not a safe place to keep your money. And they're, and they're making money off of you and you can actually make the money yourself. So once you've read that book, we have all of our podcasts available to our audience on our website and you can start in various places. There's titles that may resonate with you over another. Take a look at a couple of the podcasts. If you want to just start from the very ground zero, start at number one where the intro is and you can get some foundational block work and what we're doing there. If those things resonate with you, then you can schedule a call with Vance through an exploratory call process where we, he digs in deeper into your particular situation, your family, your finances, your motivations, and starts to begin to, that process with you in an exploratory call. So that's kind of our, our general starting point. 
Fantastic. Vance and Seth, thank you for your tremendous insight today. I'm sure the audience has a few questions, but after this, they know exactly who to get in touch with. All thanks to you guys. So guys, any last words before we wrap this up? I just wish everybody out there to stay safe and uh, think smart about money. <laughs> Very well said. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. All right, guys, thanks so much for the insightful day. And thank you to the audience for tuning in and supporting the Private Banking Strategy Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please hit that button below so that you're up to date when Vance and Seth come out with new episodes. And then lastly, if you have any questions, please email us or visit, like Seth said earlier, the privatebankingstrategies.com website as soon as you can. This podcast is about educating you, so we want to hear from you all. We also remind you to review and share this episode as it helps others find this show. Again, thank you for tuning in from everyone here at Private Banking Strategies. This is Darion reminding you the secret of getting ahead is simply getting started. And we'll see you next time. Did that story feel like it was about you? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com.